They're calling this the best mistake ever. Okay, there's this lady named Sarah. She lives in Austin, Texas, and she's having so much fun giggling about a mishap that uh, that she when she went to order a bouquet of flowers, she runs a baby registry company called Poppy List and wanted a bouquet of poppy flowers to take with her to an exhibit in San Diego. Instead of poppies, she got flowers shaped to look like puppies, complete with googly eyes. It ended, they are the cutest thing ever. It's going to become a thing. And it ended that. up being the perfect icebreaker conversation starter for her booth at the exhibit to get people to come up and like, well, let me tell you about poppy list. It's not puppy list. It's poppy list. That's awesome. I met a couple the other day. They had a son and a daughter. The son was older. The daughter was younger. And I felt a little bad. I was like, ooh, no hand-me-downs. <laughs> right? Because you can save a lot of money passing the clothes down to the next kid. Uh, and keeping your kids in clothes when they start uh, like those growth spurts, man, that can be tough. But could you imagine having a, a son that wore a size 23 shoe? How hard it is to find shoes? We're going to talk about that next. I think we kind of lucked out with our daughters being stepping stones really close in age. Hand me downs like they'd happen and they'd happen quick. So they didn't really go out of style. (laughs) I had to wear the out of style ones. Did you really? My sisters are five and seven years older. And your parents held on to those clothes. Oh, yeah. And the bikes. I never got a new bike until I was married. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, imagine trying to keep um, if your son was six foot five, weighed 380 pounds in a size 23 shoe. Could you imagine trying to keep him in clothes? No. Or or keeping your refrigerator stocked. Oh. <laughs> it's got to be a problem. Does everything have to be special made? Well, yeah, they, they couldn't find size 23 shoes really, really hard to come by. Um, so this mom was just like at, at her wits end. How am I going to find shoes for him? And uh, somehow Entertainment Tonight got wind of him needing shoes. They got in touch with Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille hears about it. He's like, all right, I'll hook him up. Calls the mom and the mom, the entertainment tonight calls and says, we have somebody very special who wants to talk to you. And it's Shaquille O'Neal on the other end of the line. And he's like, you know, I wear a size 22 shoe. So I've, that's been a lifelong struggle is finding shoes and clothes that, that actually fit. So he sent the young man and his mom, uh, three boxes full of clothes and 20 pairs of, of shoes. Aww. He's hooked up with shoes. That rocks. <laughs> For year, years to come. Isn't that cool? And they say, uh, you hear about Shaquille, Shaquille O'Neal doing stuff like that all the time. They say mm-hmm. it's not the first time he's done it. Oh, yeah. He's he'll the- like go find people at a department store and pay for their washer and dryer and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, Great guy. Way to go, Shaq. And wait, <laughs> could you imagine how big the shipping boxes were? 20, 20 pairs of size 23 <laughs> shoes. Those are some big boxes. Isn't it cool how God uses all different ways to draw people to himself? I mean, it could be like just a conversation with a friend. It could be a missions trip you went on. Let's talk about that next. You know, one thing that's so cool about modern technology is how it enables us to tell that many more people about God's love for them, God's unconditional love, mercy, and grace through his son, Jesus. And, um, you know, you got like the Bible app is reaching people all around the world in their own language. And this is one that... I had not realized this is pretty darn cool. This just came out. Um, you know the TV show, The Chosen? Mm-hmm. They learned that half of people who watch The Chosen are not Christians. Hmm. They're learning about Jesus and what he did Through for them the for the show. very first time. And so now that it's like on platforms like major platforms like Netflix and Prime and you've got... 
um, episode seven to eight coming out at the box office this week. Um, it's just it's really cool to see how many people are are being met where they are through mm. this show. And there's somebody who um, she's considers herself an agnostic. And she said she often weeps when she watches the TV show, The Chosen. Wow. And I just thought that was just the coolest thing because you just never know what God's going to use in someone's life. It could be just an an encounter with someone. It could be love from a stranger while you're in a really bad spot in life, maybe at the hospital, Mm -hmm. in the waiting room, and even a a show like The Chosen. He's using that. I'd love to know what, what scenes or what is it in the show that brings the tears, like pinpoint what is it that's touching her heart like is it a particular scene particular interaction what what is I'm it i'm sure there's a lot of them like that, you know you just think about what jesus did to the woman at the well mm-hmm. like when no one else would speak to her she was mm-hmm. almost like a leper yeah and jesus chose to meet her right there and and touch her life yeah. profoundly wow go chosen <laughs> that is awesome taylor's just sharing about the chosen and uh how like half of the people that are watching the chosen don't don't know Jesus. They're just watching it because someone told me, "Hey, it's a great show. You should, you should check it out." But um, God's been using media for since it's existed to let people know about Jesus, mm-hmm. about Christianity. I mean, like your your own dad came to know Jesus like through a radio show, right? Right. I mean, he, yeah. he was just he, driving down the road, and yeah, he had grown up in a faith that was salvation by works. You had to get accepted by the elders and clean up your life. And for the first time in his life, he was listening to radio and he heard about salvation by grace, Mm -hmm. that there it's unmerited, undeserved love of God that brings Mm. us to him. And uh, yeah, it changed his life. He ended up leaving that church. He became a pastor for 10 years. And look at that. Yeah, it's had a, and you know, it's funny. I, you mentioned that, like when I was at Wheaton college, they had a museum dedicated to the history of radio evangelists, hmm. you know, including Billy Graham, Reverend wow. Billy Graham. So you're right. Media has been used for a long time. And then think of like when a, a movie like Passion of the Christ came up. Remember when that came out? Mm-hmm. Wow. That movie just made such a massive impact on the on just the entire culture. Hey, this is your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. Picture this. You find out you just inherited a billion dollars. I quit. I'm, did I say that? <laughs> How do you spend the money? Well, that happened to a 93-year-old woman. Her husband worked with Warren Buffett and was an early investor in Berkshire Hathaway. And when her husband David passed away, he left her a billion dollars with a note mm. that said, do whatever you think is right with it. Well, Dr. Ruth Gottersman had been a professor for many, many, many years at the Albert Einstein College of Medicine in New York and decided to donate every single penny to cover student tuition, which usually is about $60,000 a year. Wow. So students in their final year of medical school are going to be reimbursed for their spring tuition. And starting in August, all students, including those currently enrolled, will forever and ever receive free tuition. Wow. What a legacy. That is Imagine how many people, the trickle-down effect of all those doctors that are trained and all the the communities they're going to impact all over the world. That is, could you imagine what a relief that is? I mean, a lot of folks, I mean, people I know and love dealing with student debt. 
and oh, it's yeah. just crushing. Well, a lot and of doctors have student debt. How long are you in medical school? How long does med school last? It's like seven to nine years, I think. Let's say it's six because I can multiply six times six. 60,000 times six. Well, times seven would be $420,000 they'd be yeah. in debt when they came out of school. And now nothing. Nothing. Wow. Free. There you go. That's cool. Coming up, just when you thought the Stanley Cup craze couldn't get any crazier, it did. Oh, man. Just when you thought the Stanley Cup craze couldn't get any crazier. I know. People love hockey. <laughs> That's the trophy you win for winning in the end. That's NHL. funny. My brain never goes to hockey. It goes to... <laughs> The mug. I grew well, up a major hockey fan, so Stanley Cup means one, one thing to me, and it's not a travel mug. Here's how crazy it's gotten. People who can afford the expensive cups are cashing in on it by charging money for you to come by and get a selfie with their Stanley. What? One social media ad is charging 20 bucks for the hot pink Stanley, $10 for the white one. Location to be disclosed at a later date. See, what's going on is Stanley Cups are selling out and reselling for ridiculous amounts of money online. We're talking like $999. So people feel like the next best thing is a social media post with them holding a Stanley Cup even if it doesn't belong to them. I don't, they seem so, I don't have one. I have little 12 ounce travel mugs I'll use. Matter of fact, my favorite travel mug I have, it's like a little eight ounce travel mug. I love that thing because it's small, right? I could not carry this three foot tall thing, but wait, we're going to jam a straw in it too. It's like, it's like you've got a, it's like you have a child going with you everywhere. It's so big. Yeah. Did you ever see the, the TikTok or the reel where the husband creates the most ginormous Stanley Cup out of a bucket. <laughs> and no. his wife comes home and she fell on the floor. She started laughing so hard. And of course, when she got home, she was carrying her Stanley Cup. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't understand. Do you have any friends at Stanley Cup people? Uh, I think, I think um, knockoffs. It's kinda, I think my it, niece has a knockoff. It, it, it's it's kind of like Linus in the security. It's got to be like a security blanket at a certain point. And I get it. Like, I like having a coffee mug with me all the time. Hydration is key. <laughs> I'm just we kidding. are the most hydrated nation that has ever existed. No, I know so many moms that are like, if and... only my daughters and sons would drink what's in the cup. So in a couple of years, I'm sure everybody's going to look back and laugh at the Stanley mug craze. They're all going to be like, can we believe we carried those things around and how much we paid for them? That was nuts, right? But every era, every year has its trends, has its must-have things. So let's talk about that. What was something, what was the Stanley Cup mug of your time? Or maybe now, maybe there's something now. Right now, it's like part of your uniform almost. You got to have it or you'll feel less than. We'd love to hear from you. Taylor, think of a couple maybe when you were a kid or in high school. Hey, Laura, it's Kevin and Taylor. We're, we're talking about the Stanley mug craze and, and trying to figure out some of the crazes of years gone by. What was something that you had to had to have? Well, in high school, um, it was a wild craze that all the girls had to have tree-torn um, tennis shoes. Treated, yeah, so, I remember those. They were like canvas, yeah, kind of so, like uh, kind of like Sperry, uh, Sperry tennis shoes, kind of like those, yeah, right? Yeah, they had like a little bit of a twish on the side, and um, everybody had to have them, and then... They came out with different colors, and that um, that even you know was even a bigger craze. You might get the ones with the pastel swoosh, or you might get the ones with the green swoosh, or ah. you know. So it was a lot of fun, and they're still on the market. Yeah. Now was that was that in the same era as swatch watches? Do you remember those? Yes. And yes, people would wear was. like two or three of them. <laughs> That's yes. a fashion statement. Yes, it was. Do you, 
Do you guys yes. know what I just had to had to have growing up in Jupiter, Florida? What? I had to have an OP t-shirt. Ocean Pacific, even though yes. I lived on the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> Go figure. You should have started your own line, OA. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Hey, Steph, we're talking about trends because it seems like everybody nowadays has to have one of these eight-foot-high Stanley mugs. <laughs> and they carry it around everywhere they go. What, what do you remember of being that have-to-have item? And, item? Okay, back in elementary school. It was the hypercolor t-shirts. Hypercolor t-shirts. What's that? Do y'all remember those? Didn't they no. change like with your body heat or something? Yes, and if Get people out. touched them, it would leave handprints on your shirts and stuff. Right. I want one. <laughs> it's like they a were really cool. I'd wear it if they brought them back. All right. How about these? You remember these WWJD bracelets? Oh yeah. Oh heck yeah. You remember the everybody first, had those right first time you saw one. You're like what? Wait, what is that? And someone told you, and you're like, oh my gosh, that's life changing. I I gotta have seven. I need one in every color to coordinate with the outfit I'm wearing, right? Which is something (laughs) Jesus probably would have never done, come to think of it. (laughs) Could this be more meaningful than a raise? Money talks, but gratitude goes even further, according to new research. Hmm. If you can't afford to give your employees more money, a simple thank you and gratitude goes a long way. Everything from a note, Simple show of gratitude, uh, one-on-one or more publicly in a meeting, all the way to an Employee of the Month award. Hmm. They say gratitude goes a long way. In fact, close to 70% of people who at jobs right now feel so unappreciated that they would consider leaving their job within the next three months unless their bosses don't make changes uh, to make them feel more appreciated. Wow. Look at that. It does mean a lot. I mean, look at Griff. Look at Griff. Griff won the, the MVP of the entire company once. Yeah. And they sent him this little plaque and stuff. He keeps it right there. Like yeah. Right now, you can see it's like he's looking at it every day. And Kev nominated him, which was so sweet. Oh, yeah. Because he totally. This Are you kidding? There is no Kevin and Taylor show without Griffin. Every, everything so falls apart without Griff. So you know what it's like when you are expecting a child and you're like, okay, I got to figure out how to tell my boss. I got to figure out how much time do I get off? Can I use up all my vacation and sick? Right, because the moment, moment you tell your boss, even though he's smiling and saying congratulations, you know the wheels are already turning. How am I going to cover this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who am I going to get and to do all her work? I learned something brand new. Maybe you're like, Taylor, I can't believe you just learned that. But I learned something new that may help you with your time off with baby. I'll tell you about it next. And when you find out you're having a baby, there's so many emotions like, wow, I'm going to be a mom for the first time. My husband's going to be a dad. Our whole lives are never going to be the same again. Wait, what am I going to tell work? When am mm-hmm. I going to tell work? Uh-oh. And uh, how are we going to deal with I, will, I want to be home with the baby for a while. There's just so many emotions. And I learned something that I had no idea. I was today years old when I learned this. And this is something that might help you out, especially if you're... Um, just, you know, you like maybe your son or daughter is a glint in your eye at this point. And that is if you have, you know, that little like disability insurance thing you can add on with your health insurance. Okay. It's usually like 10 or $15 extra a month. Mm-hmm. Like you opt in or opt out of. Well, I was today years old when I found out you can use your disability insurance to stay home with your baby for a certain <laughs> number of weeks. It covers it because you want to be home. And I was, I had no idea. Yeah. And I, I mean, don't quote me on it. Ask your HR person and look it up on your insurance policy. But I, a lot of people, I think they don't realize that disability insurance a is so important. Cause like, for example, me and Kevin, if we suddenly couldn't speak 
we can't do our jobs. Mm-hmm. And so that's where disability insurance kicks in. But mm-hmm. you just don't think of it kicking in for maternity leave. Well, and I just it, thought that was the coolest thing. I had no idea. Two-edged sword. Number one, I'm, I'm glad that that's there for people. Yay, they, they get that benefit. But calling pregnancy and having a child a disability is a little like, huh? Yeah. Wait a minute, what? Very odd. But hey, I'm all about but, like whatever you yeah, can right. do to more, have that time off right. with your baby. More importantly, show me the money. <laughs> it's way, way more important than getting the Because so many companies, the label, like right. they don't have any leave. Like it's mm-hmm. use up your sick, use up your vacation. Yeah. And then maybe ask if you can take a few weeks without getting right. paid. Time but is this vital. disability insurance. So if you're like a, you just graduated college and you know you want to get married and have kids someday, Opt into that disability insurance. Go for it. Hmm. But check it out first, like you said. Like mm-hmm. make, make sure it covers what we're talking about. So depending on your perspective, I think this is either going to be great news or going to be like, no, but anti-aging is a lie. We're going to talk about that next. So when you hear this uh, phrase, Taylor, how does it make you feel? Anti-aging is a lie. Just a fact. I mean... Everyone knows that. <laughs> we still, we look for the fountain of youth anyway. And yet, yeah, about With the creams, the, yeah. the co- all the different creams. So uh, Pamela, Pamela Anderson, who um, you know is a celebrity and has made her living by looking a certain way. She's saying she's done with it all. Anti-aging is a lie. Uh, she says getting old, no matter, no matter what, there's nothing you can do. And she's said that like procedures like Botox and fillers and that kind of stuff Temporary results, but we're all headed towards the same destination. So she's saying goodbye to all of that. And she posts mm. pictures all the time with no makeup on. Just mm-hmm. like, look, this is this is the real me. Deal with it. Do you know how old she is by chance? I think she's uh, maybe mid, mid-50s-ish. She pursued it that long and now she's finally... She said that she has a sense of self and she is now her own best friend. Mm. And she is saying goodbye to the anti-aging Interesting. Stuff. Then there's people that loud and proud like Jamie Lee Curtis that never started. Mm-hmm. They never did do the injections or surgeries so, or anything to start. But it, as, as I was getting ready to talk about this, I thought, I'm going to Google. I'm just going to put in the word anti-aging and see what comes up. And the first thing that comes up, four ads come, you know, promising you that the fountain of youth, like you said earlier, that promising you like, oh, it's going to get rid of this that and the other thing and mm-hmm. you're going to you're going to look 15 years younger. Four ads came up. Like if you put in I don't know uh coffee, you might get one ad, but anti-aging boom, four ads are the first thing. And then underneath of that, not sponsor, but it was other stuff like, you know, click here and buy this potion or cream or whatever. Yeah, so it's I inescapable. Think, I think she's uh I think she's on to something there. Right oh, now, yeah. Though. Um, but the hard part is the pressure, right? Doesn't everybody feel the pressure? Oh, I had it rear its ugly head big time. Yeah. I mean, it was rough. I can tell you why in just a minute. Okay. We're talking about anti-aging and the Pamela Anderson saying anti-aging is a lie. By the way, there are two things they say uh, to look out for um, because all of these people, they that are selling creams and potions that are going to you know, like make you younger. They have over-optimistic projections of what their particular product is going to do. But they said if it says promotes or reduces, like reduces visible lines or <laughs> promotes uh-huh. whatever, those are phrases that aren't, you can't pin them down. Yeah. Right? It promotes right. something. 
Yeah. Um, so just keep that in mind before you're, you know, plunking down your credit card to buy something. I think something. so much of it is genetics. Like, I know people that you're like, wow, you look so good. And they're like, I've not, I haven't done anything. I haven't, I've, and I, I had this rear is ugly head, the whole aging thing. Uh, the only reason is because they asked me and Kevin to get new show photos and I don't know what it is. I mean, we get out our cameras every day. We got iPhones. Like, there's mm-hmm. pictures everywhere. But for some reason, you had trouble with that. The we are getting the official professional studio photos. And I was very open with the people in the circle of like how emotional this is for me to have mm. to get my a formal photo taken because I haven't cheated. I've never done Botox or injections or fillers or surgeries or I've done nothing. Like what you see is what you get and there's no hiding it. And so (laughs) I came up with the idea of we uh, we rented out this really light, bright studio. And I was hoping that like the the light in there would minimize (laughs) how many millions of wrinkles I have on my face. But it actually kind of emphasized them more. (laughs) And um, well, some of them are posted if you want to check on them. And like they're you know, they're completely untouched. There's no like no filter, no filter, no hazing, no Mm -hmm. Photoshop whatsoever. What you see is what you get. And I had one. Are those your real real eyelashes? No, those were fake. (laughs) Very fake. Yeah. Sorry, I just had to put. I did hire a professional. Bridget did my hair and makeup, which was so sweet of her. Your uh, your sister powdered my nose. Yeah. Yeah. She she covered your uh, sunspots for you. My sister was and my cousin Jason, very talented photographer. He's had a photo of Tiger Woods on the cover of Time Magazine Yeah, um, when he was at the Masters. I wonder I mean, he's... if any of the photos of us will wind up on Time Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's the oddest TikTok trend or recipe you've actually tried? This one comes with a warning. Flight attendants are not happy about a trend kids have when they fly in an airplane. Get, get this, Kev. You know how kids love to prop their feet up on the seat? They're so flexible. Yes, and they're always behind me. Well, they, they're they buckling in their ankles. <laughs> yeah, they're so young and flexible, they think it's super comfortable. But flight attendants are warning that planes hit turbulence way more often than you think. And if they do, you're coming off that seat and hitting your head on the ceiling. Mm. And that can be very dangerous. So. Yeah. yeah, no more ankle TikTok buckling trends. We uh, We almost saw an incident. Like a lady, we're, we were in three wide, and I was on the aisle, wife in the middle, lady all the way on the end. And kid was kicking her seat the entire way. And as we were deplaning, she lost it. I was like, oh my gosh, we're going to be in one of those TikTok videos. We're going to be like innocent bystanders in one of those TikTok videos. Uh, we got off the plane before anything really escalated, but I mean, it was like right on the verge. Yikes. Because the kid was kicking this lady's seat the entire time, and the parent didn't do anything. Do you love going to concerts? Coming up, see if you like them as much as this couple. Hey, do you love going to concerts? Kev, you and your wife Tracy love them more than anyone I've ever met. But see if you like them as much as this couple. Matthew and his wife T-John live in Kensington, Maryland. Is that how you say it? Kensington. And they love live music from symphonies and old legends to new acts and rock's biggest megastars. The couple attended a total... Of 135 concerts last year. Wow. Their goal is to be in the Guinness Book of World Records, and they love spending time together. They say it just makes them feel like they just got married, like newlyweds. Uh, They have to get to the venue early to make sure someone signs off on their paperwork. 
for the Guinness Book of World <laughs> Records. Curious to know how much they spent. An average of $68 a ticket mm. for a grand total of $18,500. I'm wondering if that includes all the travel or if that's just concert tickets. They say some people think that's a lot of money, but to them, the memories are priceless. The couple is excited about this year's concert lineup, and they've already purchased their tickets to see Journey, Andrea Bocelli, Green Day, Paula Abdul, and Aerosmith. Okay. I uh, I met a guy at the one of the last concerts I went to, and he had been to 85 concerts last year, and his buddy was going to try to do 100. And they had very specific rules about what counts as a concert. I'll tell you what some of their... You're going to be blown when you hear some of their very strict rules they have for what actually counts as a concert. We'll talk about that in a minute. So uh, we're talking about live concerts and people who go to a lot of them. And I met a guy at a show the other day. He went to 80-some last year. His buddy said, I'm going to 100 this year. Wow. But they have they call it the rule book. It's There isn't really a book, but they, they have a rule book of what actually counts as a concert. Like, do tribute bands count? Should a festival count for multiple concerts or just one? I'll tell you what their rule book said mm-hmm. next. So we're talking about concerts. And uh, I went with, uh, Mark Lee from Third Day, he and I went and, and we saw a show the other night and uh, sat down next to this guy who was like one of the most talkative people we'd ever met. And the guy starts telling us, I went to 85 concerts last year. Wow. I'm like, dude, you must just have lived at the concert venues. And he goes, well, ironically, I live right next to one. Oh, that's he cool. Lives that's convenient. Literally across the street from him is one of the big outdoor amphitheaters. And he goes, I have season tickets. They have three series. And he goes, I have season tickets for How all three. Fun. I go to I go to everything. He's like, I don't care if it's if it's the Wiggles, if it's if it's a, a hard rock band, a country band. Uh, he goes to the Wiggles like rap, as a grown man. Yeah. Rap artist. He's like, I don't care. I will. I'll go to the show. And he also said, I know the gate where they go in and out of. So if an artist that I really like is coming into town, because I'll go hang out by the gate and I'll say hi to him and chat with him for a minute. And oh, stuff. wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if uh, someone's coming to town that I did you get his email or phone number? Yes, I did. Oh, I need to know about this gate. <laughs> yeah. Also was like park at my house, free parking right across what? the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, you guys really so, did just hit it off. But he and his buddy, uh, he, he's he gone to 85 concerts last year. His friend wants to smash that record this year. He wants to go to 100 shows. 100 concerts! But they have very strict rules of what constitutes an actual concert or not. So, Taylor, what do you think? Tribute bands, should that count, yes or no? You go to see like a, uh, a, a Bon Jovi tribute band, should that count as a concert? Based on how many you and Tracy go to every year, I would say yes, that counts. That that counts as a as mm-hmm. a concert? Okay, that's what they said too. In the rule book, they said yes. How about a festival? If you go to a festival and there's like 10 or 20 bands playing, you're there from... Nine o'clock in the morning till midnight, and you see all these different bands. How many shows should that count as? Oh, I think you'd get credit for at least three, but I don't know what the Guinness Book of World Records would say. We'd have to ask that couple. They're saying one. Just one. That count, a festival counts as one show. What if it's a three-day festival? Uh, then we count as three. Uh, how about seeing the same band twice? It counts. Does that count as two separate concerts? Oh, yeah. Okay, they said yes, as long as it's not within a 24-hour period. In other words, if the band oh. has, if they have an early show and a late show, and you go to both, that only counts as one. You should tell your friend about this couple that wants to get in the Guinness Book of World's Records for the most cup, uh, concerts. Yeah. yeah and yeah. if they're going for 100, they might as well go for 140. <laughs> Why not? What's 40 more? There goes their whole life savings. <laughs> right, but... right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 
We're talking about these lunatics that go to over like over 100 concerts a year. And I was talking about this guy that uh, I was at a show with Mark Lee from Third Day. And uh, this guy plopped down next to us, told us about all the concerts he goes to. He's been doing it for years. It's like his lowest total since the year 2000 was 50. He's been to 50 or more concerts every year since the year 2000. Uh, So he started explaining to me and Mark the ins and outs of the concert business, (laughs) which I thought was really funny because Mark, having been in third day for years, I'm thinking Mm -hmm. as this guy's explaining to Mark how the concert business works, I'm like, he has no idea. Know your audience. (laughs) No idea who he's he's talking to. And I I knew, I had said, when we walked away, I said, you're welcome that I didn't out you. I said, you've done hundreds of shows for the course of your career. It turns out it's more than that. I just Googled it. The guy was explaining to Mark, 23-year career performing live on stage, 1,056 concerts. Wow. And this guy was explaining to him how the concert business works. <laughs> <laughs> that that right there is grace in action on Mark's behalf. What are, he is such a great guy. Yeah. I if know, you haven't read his book, by the way, you got to check it out. Yeah, Hurt Road. I, I don't know if it was grace or self-preservation or maybe a combination of the two. But yeah, I said, you're welcome. I didn't out you. <laughs> That's awesome.